With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. Six Factor and Al Four. Hello, everybody. We're back again. We're back with a vengeance. Yes, we're back to talk over the third episode of Sherlock. The great game. The great game is greatly afoot. And a man with his foot firmly in the Cultum Studios is Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. This silly old man is saying exactly what I want him to tell you. He's wearing armbands. And there's a red spot on his chest. You have two hours. Well done, you. Yes. Wasn't he so much more natural than he normally is? She happens when he has his good script. <laughs> and the man at the other end of the phone. It's Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello. And this message is preceded by four peps this time. Mm. Next time, only three. We'll pip you to the post then. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, enough carry on from us. Yes, as I said, this is the uh, last episode in Series 1. Series 2 is already afoot. And so uh, look out in the future for more from the Cotton Collective Studios talking over the top of Sherlock. Hopefully it won't take us as long as it took us this time to get to Sherlock. But yes. Anyway, without any further ado, we've got 90 minutes to talk. And uh, I'm sure I can fill it all. <laughs> Don't know about you guys. All right, so if everybody's got their official BBC copies of The Great Game Sherlock, Series 1, Episode 3 at the ready, we will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, play. Minsk, Belarus. No Minsking around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my old school. <laughs> Another cold venue. It's no wonder uh, the actor Cumberbatch got very ill in this series. Yeah. Needs a warmer coat. A bit of a ding dong. <laughs> you can buy ding dongs in the supermarkets here. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's when he's sick. His his voice sounds a lot deeper in this opening scene. Right. Yeah, I weren't drinking, Governor. Honest. <laughs> what, what, what weren't you drinking, Ian? <laughs> I want drinking Black Swan from Australia to Merlot. I'm having a Guinness. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I just love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it, just hilarious. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Mike, is this what detention's like in an American school? You know, <laughs> you have to come back into, uh, was it Saturday morning or... What do they do to the bad kids in the in the states? Have to um, do attend summer school or something? Oh, lovely music! I love it. And um, the music, by the way, did we mention it? Featured music: David Arnold and Michael Price, the two composers. Yes. Uh, Michael Price. Composer, producer, arranger, award-winning music editor, orchestral and electronic. Oh, it was on the production score of Band of Brothers and approached to edit on the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. I don't know whether he actually did it, but he was approached. <laughs> yes, this. <laughs> what's interesting about this episode is that this is the last episode of the first series but it was the first episode produced ah. after the series was commissioned oh. so a little interesting fact there so they started at the end and worked backwards kind of I guess kind of a Doctor Who thing where they you know to give them time to get relax into the role mm. The wall had it coming. I love that line. Wall had it coming. <laughs> What's interesting with the bu- the bullet holes in the uh, the wall in the original Sherlock stories? At one point, Sherlock was bored and he shot the letter V in in uh, his wall with bullets. V for Queen Victoria. <laughs> What's for tea? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what it is. <laughs> It's Davros. <laughs> Bobby Davros. <laughs> well, fair point, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Yeah. Black Swan Merlot, very nice. Oh, good, good. No, everybody's following along, so... If you're looking for a good accompaniment for this episode, Black Swan Merlot. And they're welcome to send me a case. <laughs> well, I'm only drinking Guinness because it's nice and chilled and it's actually warm for once here in the UK. That's <laughs> spectacularly ignorant, he is. <laughs> What's interesting about this scene right here is that it's we're getting a, a direct reference to how the stories are set up. The sh- of course, it's called Sherlock. It's about Sherlock Holmes, but it's really about Dr. Watson from his perspective, and right. he's the one writing up the adventures. Yeah. So, the journals, get a good yeah. reference there. Well, that's how Log it was in the, in, the, in the books, correct? He was... Yeah. Watson was writing a journal of his experiences with Holmes. Mm. Right, and just just as right here, we got a reference to a study in pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did Watson originally wrote up study in scarlet. Oh, the solar system. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, Someone's little... grouchy. 
<laughs> grouchy over there, huh, Sherlock? Yeah, uh, just going back to the music, the David Darnold, the other one, uh, English composer, best known for scoring five James Bond films, oh, and the uh... 1994 film Stargate, and the 1996 film Independence Day, and television series <laughs> Little, Little Britain. There you go. So, <laughs> quality stuff. Did, didn't he do well? Yeah. Oh, and uh, the remake of Randall and Hopkirk Deceased, which, of course, um, has Tom Baker in, didn't it? Well, of course, same thing with Little Britain. Yes. Ah, Tom uh -huh. Baker as well. <laughs> and also from uh, studying Scarlet originally was the whole discussion of what knowledge Sherlock keeps. <laughs> Sorry, a nice murder will cheer you up, followed by, Ooh. what have you done to me, bloody wall? Good and suddenly. <laughs> that just takes you all by. Mm. What the? Selfish man off with his girlfriend while he's uh, partner. <laughs> yeah, he's been blown up. Yeah. Ooh, nice TV. Yeah, that's what you were looking at. Yeah. But th this is good to see. She's very firmly in modern day, but when you're in Sherlock's flat, it's All very right. 19 whatevers. Again, it's another thing that I've made a comment on before. If you notice anything, modern day is very clean lines and um, quite sparsely decorated, uh, like her flat. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how that's designed. Yeah. There's there's a definite line between the modern and and the the, the references to. to the original, you know, Sherlock Holmes. The, yeah. Their their apartment is, there's nothing. There's not a TV. Every now and then they have their laptop or cell phone or whatever, but... Well, there is a TV. No, there isn't. It's a laptop, sorry. Yeah. Laptops. Wow. That's but, well done. Yeah. yeah. Some TV, nice yeah. Bit, of, bit of CG work done on that. Uh, first original air date for this was uh, 8th of August 2010 and uh... oh. <laughs> oh. that sounds a bit suspicious to me. <laughs> the violin, uh, this is the first appearance of the violin isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. got reference to Mike's trivia then as well. Yeah. yeah, it was mentioned in the first episode. It was. He plays it when he's fresh. Plays it. You know, it was mentioned when the. Oh, it's mentioned when they were first met. When they first met in the chemistry lab, that mm. Sherlock plays it when he's frustrated, and he plays it very poorly. <laughs> this is the first time we've actually seen it. So yeah, it's one of those things that I remember from the you know the the, the old TV, TV movies and serials of you know him playing the violin to help him concentrate. <laughs> Lila was so far. I'm never, <laughs> never bored. <laughs> of course, Mark Gatiss. Yeah. Gatiss, 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 Gatiss. I never know. He wrote this episode, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Ominous. And mixing different Sherlock stories as they like to do here. The West case comes from 
the Sherlock adventure, the adventure of the Bruce Partington case. So that's two different Sherlock stories we've had mixed in here. Studying Scarlet and that. Mm. <laughs> of course, it's not the only copy. There are yeah. three uncredited uh, appearances in this episode. We are experiencing one right now. Mark Gaddis's Mycroft is not actually credited in this episode. Unbelievable. Another is uh, David Ryle as Lord Huxley. And the third one we will get to. Yeah. But it makes an appearance. Well, when you hear it, should I say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Sibling rivalry. (laughs) 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 Trying to find something normal. (laughs) I love this little music that comes in. Mm. Now, you made the comment that in the last episode, we didn't see Lestrade, did we? No. <laughs> I'd be lost without my blogger. <laughs> Again, another, they're, they're on the move, and we're dealing with uh, reflections on the uh, the windows of the cab. Uh, another thing that's done quite commonly in here. Um, well, it saves them having to show... Uh, modern street furniture and things, doesn't it? It sort of insulates them within the cab. Right. Uh, the, the handsome cab effect. Right. Oops. It's Lestrade. Yeah, I guess the reason they didn't include Lestrade in the last episode was to show that he doesn't always consult with Sherlock. That mm. There are other characters in the police force. Good Over point. at Scotland Yard. Yeah. I just wonder if it's a, it was the availability of the actor. Who knows? Mm, could probably have been. Mm. And the actress, whom? I think we covered that in the first episode, didn't Did we? we? Rupert yeah. Graves. Uh-huh. Yes, Rupert Graves. Dialer Strahd. Yes, I know because uh, the link I followed to to look up look him up last time is now purple. Uh. Yes, so that means I clicked on him last time. A <laughs> phone. Uh, returning clue. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Oh, Sherlock. Oh, aren't we all jealous? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a lot of hits on his blog. <laughs> and now the top of the hour BBC News. <laughs> That's the sound of the poops. <laughs>
dried milk and, seeds, orange pips. Yep, this entire bit comes from the story, the five orange pips. See? So another yep. blending in of different Sherlock stories. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why we have this young man here. He's the only intelligent one among us. Well, I was going to say, can you refresh me? I assume that the original Sherlock Holmes stories are now out of copyright, so they can yeah, raid. The yeah, so they can raid the the things without having to uh, to worry about yeah. it. A royalty. Right. But it is nice to see that rather than doing something verbatim, oh, the yeah. way it's been done and done and done, they decided to take a fresh approach, but still borrow from the original. Right. Yeah. Have their own narrative, but include aspects from different source yeah. material. Yeah, it's 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 kind of playing homage without directly just doing it. And people get yeah. well, I've seen the story and I know how it works. You know. Well, I'll go off then. You don't need me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who are you again? <laughs> Like oh, the, the forgotten room. Oh, yeah, oh, it's just it's in, in, in the in the place. In the, in the... It just looks like student digs. I told you that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof! <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the text. And again, a mirror in the scene. Mm. There in the corner. I guess in a way, it's nice to see that there's things that we can actually pick up on, um, signatures, as it were, in this, that you can say, oh, yep, there's that again. Yeah, this episode was directed by Paul McGuigan, again. So his second episode that he's directed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, but you, as as Ian says, it's very quickly within within three episodes established a look, a feel, a mood, uh, a a sound landscape to it. Really, I mean, it, it reached the TVs really already fully realised. Mm. And again, going back to what Ian said, how it draws from the source material, the Sherlock's mythos. And creates kind of its own identity here in the modern day era. Mm. Hmm. It's like yeah, very, very curious. As we mentioned, you mentioned Rupert Graves was cast as uh, D.I. Lestrade. Mm-hmm. The, the, re- the writers referred to the character as Inspector Lestrade during development until mm-hmm. Gates suddenly realised that in the modern world, the character would have been had the title Detective Inspector. Right. Uh, Moffat and Gates point out that Lestrade does not uh, appear all that often in the novels and is quite inconsistent in them, which case is what Mike uh, said. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't have to be in every one. Right. He was kind of a minor character. Right. They decided to go with a version, and this is from the wiki page, of course, who appeared in The Six Napoleons. He's a man who is frustrated by Holmes, but admires him, and whom Holmes considers the best person at Scotland Yard. Mm. 
several actors auditioned for the role in um, a comedic manner, but the creative team appreciated the gravitas that Graves brought to the role. Oh, no, you've just killed a kitten. Didn't you know every time you said the word gravitas, a kitten dies? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, there we go. Text on the screen. Any progress on Andrews? <laughs> is the text different this time? Uh, as though they'd refined it slightly in the other ones. Seems a bit more solid in this rather than floating. We'll see. I think it's different hmm. fonts for different purposes. Um, there's I... a font for text messages. There's a font for clues. Oh, I thought they were used to the same font for everything. Now, there's a slightly different font used between the clues that are noticed and the text messages ah. on, from phones. Oh, look who's back. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course, that's yeah. Zoe Telford uh, as, as Sarah. And Andrew <laughs> Scott as Jim. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think we need to stand on ceremony and go yeah. and not talk about him. <laughs> And this, of course, is the brilliant part of it is the fact that that's Moriarty standing right there. I beg to differ. What? Uh, that's just my. That's just my. I'm not sure. It, I'm know. not sure as well. But we can get that at the end. Yeah, we've got the rest of the episode. Uh, see, to, to me, only Moriarty would be that in your face. Only, only he would be right there. I can see that, but I also wouldn't thought he'd put himself in such grave danger towards the end. But we'll, again, as Mike says, probably debate that. Okay, we're together. Oh, Sherlock. <laughs> oh, Moffat and your gay agenda. <laughs> Except this wasn't written by Moffat. It was written by Gatiss. Yes. Gatiss and your gay agenda. <laughs> Zoe Telford has been in a number of things. Uh, actually, uh, more recently in Inspector Lewis. Yeah. Uh, it's Freya Carlisle in the episode uh, Old Unhappy Far Off Things. Uh, Room at the Top, which has just been completed. It's a TV movie. Uh, who she plays Eva Storr. And let's see. She's also been in Criminal Justice, The Thick of It, Foil's War. Sorry, I'm scrolling through until I find Casualty. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing about that last bit is where's Sherlock saying to her that, that, that Jim is gay, but it's Sherlock looking at his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, and she was, of course, I, oh, I must have covered this before in a previous episode. She was Roe Germain in The Last Train. Ah, uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. That. We did cover. And Andrew Scott has been in Saving Private Ryan, Dead Bodies, Nora, Little White Lie from 2008, Garrow's Law as Captain Ron, uh, Robert Jones in episode, uh, episode two of season two. Yes, in Saving Private Ryan, he was the soldier on the beach. Somebody has to be. Oh, wow. Very dramatic yeah. role. Yes. He was also in the, the Quatermass experiment, experiment from 2005. He was Vernon. Oh, hang on. Wasn't uh, David Tennant in that? I do believe he was. Another connection. Yes. 
it's not the only connection that uh, will be in this episode. Of course, uh, Mark Gattis was also in uh, Quatermass Experiment. Twenty years old. What's so strange about that? I think I've probably got some trainers still twenty years old. Probably it's ten years since I wore them. <laughs> oh, and in two thousand ten, he played Paul McCartney in Lennon Naked, which, um, hmm. if I'm not mistaken, also starred uh, um, Eccleston, Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. So yeah, plenty of Doctor Who connections. Does this man have? <laughs> See, so it's a legit one for us to do. <laughs> oh yes, it's well linked. Of course, of course, the person at the center of that web is also in, in this, this episode. episode. <laughs> oh, we said that in unison. That was lovely. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Do you want me to leave, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it must be exciting. I've only had one glass of wine so far. Ooh. And we're already 22 minutes in. And you barely talked. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, reflections on the windshield. Yeah. Again, the thing that I... I, I think it bears repeating every time, <laughs> just because it gives me something to say, is the fact that they never drive anywhere. Mm. So many shows where they get into... You know, everybody slides over the bottom of the car and jumps in the other side and... You know, they speed off somewhere. No, this is this is true to. I mean, you have to, I suppose. Living in London, um, nobody really drives anywhere, yeah. from what I've seen. Um, no. A lot of people but, use public transport because you're fairly well equipped as far as that goes. Uh, but it's just nice to see them in a cab. Yeah, and it's counterintuitive in a way. The those reflections you'd think would be a barrier to them, uh, to us as viewers taking in the scene but but it, it it does give that fact that um they're driving through london but we're not seeing modern modern day london and being distracted you know right. not, uh, good fade yes fade. some just beautiful i mean and i hope they continue with this style this yeah. look to the episodes because um it'll give us something to talk about next time <laughs> Well, given that Paul McGuigan is already, you know, confirmed to be directing episodes, I fully expect that too. You're right. That is definitely a different font. I'm sure. I'm sure it was capitals on the first bit, and it doesn't seem as floaty. And the others used to used to fade away, didn't it? That's anyway. And we've got the same muted palette again on the uh, on the thing. <laughs> he plays distracted well, doesn't he? <laughs> Investigating away. <laughs> and Mycroft is just laughing. <laughs> Interesting look to Mycroft's office. It some, lies somewhere in between the modern day and... Yes, you're right. 
It's not you'd expect to. In some ways, you'd expect the plush uh, bureau desk and uh, right. you know, red leather top and things, but it's mm. it's understated. It's understated and sparse, but it's it's also got a, a kind of an old feeling. There's the little desk in the background there, the 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 leather chair to the to the left of um, mm. to the left there underneath the window. Uh. And the very simple wooden desk. Um, it's an older looking building room. But again, quite stark. Yeah, they spilled me drink then. Blimey. Uh -oh. I spilled wine all over the place in the last episode. <laughs> Must be running theme with Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going on about? <laughs> it was just chicken soup. <laughs> we eat in this kitchen, Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock doesn't care. Uh, that's a good way of telling him that he's solved the science of deduction forum. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still using Internet Explorer. Yes. Uh. It's for you. <laughs> Now, I did have one, well, I have a couple of criticisms, but I do think they made uh, those bombs look a little bit too obvious. I mean, when we had the one on the street last, uh, well, no, well, I mentioned that to Laurie, um, but the point is they've almost made it too obvious. I mean, if, if somebody's going to pass that car, they're going to see it and phone the police and say there's a woman with a bomb. Right. Where will they? That's the question. Yeah. You'd think it's it would the, be more, the, slightly more hidden than that, with just the hint. It's the result of, you know, com this comes from the whole series of psychological experiments that prove that people like to be ignorant of things. If they, they just don't want to get involved. Right. It's got an SCP feel somebody, around it. Yeah, somebody else will take care of it. Mm -hmm. Count the pips. Ooh, clever man. <laughs> I wonder how many puzzles they've got to solve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call up Professor Layton to solve these puzzles. Mm. Nasty. Freak. It's for you. You'll never get her on, Doctor. Oh, wait. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, this is the character you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they they made that slightly too obvious. I think even I'd spot him on the street. That's nice. Stolen another voice. Yes. A bit reminiscent, by the way, of um, the Doctor Who two-parter. 
you know, where Angel Bob mm. speak, you know, because that's a stolen voice, isn't it? Well, of course, adding to the you know the obviousness of the wires is also the laser scope. Yeah. Mm. There for a second, I thought he was Lestrade was referring to the person who just called, and I was thinking right. that was rather quick. Yeah. <laughs> they were completely unaware, actually, of, of his conversation. Mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Muddle trains. <laughs> yeah, remove the evidence, yeah. Ooh, look at him. Go on, Lou. Do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. She's like, are you just going to let him do that? And he goes, get it done, get it done would you? <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> Here we go again with Sherlock and his disguises. Now, watch his so face huge. closely. You'll see from his uh, right eye a tear come. Yeah. Well, you will if you're watching in high definition. So there's a tear coming yeah. down his cheek. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Rather quick change there. <laughs> God, it's beautiful. It's more grammar. <laughs> 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 no, I don't. What do I see? <laughs> Another hobby. <laughs> uh, the, the the ability of him switching out those characters like that and just snapping under that back into Sherlock. Yeah. Start following along with his little game, and then you're like, ooh. Yeah. And it wasn't done by an edit by an edit edit no, or a was, cut. He did that right on camera. Yeah. Like boof whole facial expression and everything. The voice drops. Janus cars. Do we know why? Oh, yeah. Well, that comes in, I think, Janus later. Of course, a literally, a literally, I can't even say it. A chap like Mike could know what that meant. <laughs> Me? 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 Nice. <laughs> Doing a really bad job this time of, of picking people out and, and telling you about them. They're all very good, all of them, by the way. <laughs> there we go. If you've seen the first episode, you already know that Sherlock's up to something. Yes. Nicotine patches. Uh -huh. That was 
Paul Albertson as Mr. Ewart. Who has been, who currently is actually in uh, Coronation Street as Mark Bright. He went straight from uh, Sherlock into, into Corey. Uh, he's also been in Casualty as Alex Watts. There we go. There you go. Ta-da! <laughs> and if that wasn't, nice. if that wasn't good enough, uh, he was also in the bill. That's from the opening credits, of course, that little scene there with yes. the blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blocked, of course, again. The clues in the name. Oh, it's wonderful what you can find in a Petri dish. <laughs> a three, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It's interesting how we have this overall arc for this one episode, but we have all these miniature mysteries solved throughout. Yeah. Yes. Like right here, for instance. Yeah. I just hope the Cyberman doesn't break through those uh, plastic sheets. <laughs> <laughs> or a Cyberman try to slash through them. <laughs> As they want to. <laughs> Indeed. Call them, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, backtracking oh. just slightly, uh, the woman who uh, uh, Holmes tried to fool was uh, Carolyn Trowbridge, uh, Mrs. Monkford. Uh-huh. Uh, she's been in uh, Doctors, Collision, Wire in the Blood as Alice King, Midsummer Horses, and uh, in uh, Picture of Innocence and Last Year's Model. She's also been in Casualty. Oh, there we go. <laughs> hey, that must be true. Is that our drinking theme, Ian? I think it is. I do <laughs> believe it is. She's also in the House of Elliot uh, back in 1994. Oh, I love the House of Elliot. It's uh, Katya uh, Beletsky. It was I just noticed there on the table there we had the pamphlet for The Last Veneer. Which comes up later on. Oh, there we go. Another shot from the opening credits. Yes. Right. Yeah, the House of Elliot was about two sisters that set up this uh, Hulk Couture thing. Very 1910 or whatever it was. But it was a marvellous, uh, marvellous series. Loved it. And she's also in Mall Flanders. I guess who else is in Mall Flanders? The TV series Mall Flanders, not the film. Well, that's a good question. Who else was TV, there? TV series. Alex uh-huh. Kingston. Uh-huh. I'll be Ooh, bound. She wasn't playing Mole, was she? 
<laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> well, Alex Kingston was. Alex yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I'll have to watch that now. <laughs> Netflix, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Going quiet. Yes. <laughs> and that's Rita Davies. Yeah, Davies. Who has been in quite a number of things. <laughs> I would. Um, she's been in Doctors, House of Anubis, Come Fly With Me. Uh, those are the most recent things. Been in in-betweeners. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. Casualty. <laughs> of course. Drink, 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 drink. Drink the bill. Holby City. There you go. There's It's the trifecta. The bill, <laughs> casualty, and Holby City. Oh, my word. See, Secret Diary of Agent Mole, age 13 and three quarters. You still love that show. Grange Hill. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the historian's wife. <laughs> Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, been in quite a few episodes. Uh, 1969, 1970, 1972. Well, the lady must be about 80 looking. Yeah, Doom Watch. Nicholas Nickleby. She wasn't in the Cave of Skulls, was she? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the first listing actually that we have in uh, Internet Movie Database is from 1938. Incident oh. in Shanghai. That was probably when Dave was in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. But yes, quite a nice acting resume there. Well, that was brilliant, Ian. Do we know who this lady is? You seem to have a better reference guide than I do. <laughs> Sorry, I missed uh, who she was on the screen. Yeah, I'm thinking that myself. I think they just said Connie Prince, correctly? Oh, Connie Prince, the... Uh, Die Botcher. Yeah. Most recently, Income Fly With Me. There you go, another link with the previous person we saw on the screen. Was in Lennon Naked. Uh-huh. <laughs> With two others we've mentioned. The Doctor's uh, Collision, Belonging, High Hopes. Uh... Mm. 
Murphy's Law, Hotel Babylon, Little Britain, quite a few episodes in that. Oh, Mary and the Meals and the Meals on Wheels lady. Tipping the Velvet. Of course, in the bill, close enough. Yes, of course, the Come Fly With Me is the... Uh, New series from the the men who brought us Little Britain. Right. David Williams and uh, what's the other fellow's name? And uh, Matt Lucas, yes. Oh, Sphinx cats, you look so weird. Oh. <laughs> Your complete lack of fur. <laughs> I'm not sure who that was, but he's very, very familiar. Yes, I'm looking myself, but uh, the next one... Uh... Oh, it's John Sessions. What the hell am I going on about? It's John oh, Sessions. Oh, right out loud. It? Yes, Kenny Prince. Well, he's doing that. You're right, he's recognisable, but not... <laughs> soon as soon because I didn't catch the name, and I was looking through it, I was like, oh my God, it's John Sessions. Yes, that's <laughs> an untypical uh, role for him, sir. Yes, yes, um... Uh, most recently, uh, he's in post uh, in post production right now. Is the Domino Effect? He is the talk a talk show host in there. Uh, of course, he's uh, most recently been in Just William, uh, Skins, Spies and Lies, um, Made in Dagenham. Wow! Of course, we'll know him uh, from uh, many a comedy turn. Of course, uh, quite a fixture he was uh, in. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Um, history of Tom Jones. Um, Gonga. I think he was in uh, Boys from the Black stuff as well, wasn't he? I'll have to check. Uh, but of course, he was in Randall and Hubkirk deceased as well. Yes, an, an, an odd just little cameo kind of role for, for, for him. Uh, he's got quite a body of work, uh, both writing uh, mm. and, and, and acting. I don't think these wiki people knew we were going to do a commentary because there's one or two missing here on my list. I'm, I'm actually relying on the Internet Movie Database here for for right. last cast. Um, thank you to for being <laughs> kind of accurate in some respects. But yeah, there he is, John Sessions, standing right there. Didn't even realize it when I no, first no. Uh, saw this. 
again mirrors in the uh in in the room i mean I a mirror is quite a common thing but uh <laughs> what what it's quite lovely the way uh, the way uh, he takes over there and kind of takes the yeah. lead and, and, and gets gets the information for him um, Sessions it says here is uh, taking over the role of narrating the pop popular Asterix stories for audiobook since the death of Willie Rushton I'm sure I've so seen him in um, Boys from the Black stuff. I'm sure he was in that. Of course, he uh, made some occasional appearances on QI as well. Uh, Raul, by the way, uh, the the house boy just mentioned there. Uh, right. Stefano uh, Bra... Oh. Stefano is his first name anyway. <laughs> Braski, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I probably just murdered his last name. Um most recently uh, being seen in uh, Secret Diary of a Cold Girl. Another Link <laughs> playing Jesus or Jesus. Who knows? Alongside Billy Piper. Yes. And Matt, Matt Smith, who might not have been in the same episode, but has no. been in it. I didn't realize he was everywhere. Oh, uh, John Sessions, to go back to him, it was in Porterhouse Blue, which yeah. is a brilliant satire of, of uh, university life. Ah. You guys are keeping me far too busy with looking people up. Oh. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't drunk nearly enough. Was he in Gormenghast as well? Gormenghast, yes. Wow. And in the Merchants of Venice with Al Pacino. Gets around. Mm. He's a very intelligent man, or at least has always given me the impression of being quite yeah. well yeah, informed. Not, yeah. We're one up on it. Poor <laughs> so, sons can suffer, but yeah. <laughs> well, again, it, it, it's it's perfect, and as far as you know, Sherlock's character goes, where there we go. Yes, you'll pay for using Internet Explorer, damn you. Oh, and that edit right there. Oh, lovely. Well yeah. done. I mean, just a lovely cut. Which is a lovely thing uh, to do where here you get the other, you know, the other end of it, but you don't get that. You don't need to hear the whole explosion. You don't need to see the woman getting blown limb for limb. No. You just...
nice sweater. Yeah. Again, it's a nice little kind of that he's the comfortable down to earth character. Mm. There I, he I is in the cold suit uh, sitting opposite. I wonder with that house boy being arrested, is that a bit of uh, the butler did it? <laughs> Again, uh, Watson is in the comfy chair and Holmes is in the leather not so comfortable looking chair. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I always I do I do love the fact the way they set these things up. I mean, whether or not we're right or not, they, Stephen Moffat and Mark Geddes could be listening to this going, what are they on? No wonder they drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are these things where you look at it and you think it has to be so. The, the, re this is the reason why he's in a sweater and sitting in the comfortable chair and he's in a suit. You know? Yeah, and in a timeless room. Yes, it is a timeless pretty room, which is the thing that makes this whole show. And I think I said at the at the beginning when we first started talking over these episodes that I was concerned that they were doing a modern day. There you go, search Thames High Tide Times. <laughs> um, but no, they've managed to to tread this nice little line of of. Uh, yeah, the text is definitely different here. It's much more clearly uh, shown on screen, do you not think, Mike? Where, if this is the one done first, where the other ones we see it, it's almost floating in the screen. Right. This looks superimposed on the picture rather than sort of just floating up and down. Right. I hope he got his jabs before he did this bit. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of stuff floating in the Thames, huh? Ah. I hadn't realised how big the tide is at the Thames, because you mm -hmm. can see from the tide mark upon the extreme right, it must come up about 20 feet. What's he checking for? Oh. Yep, be my guest. <laughs> Czech Republic. Hole there too. Huh. 
What are you talking about? What are you, what are you on about, mate? <laughs> and again, as I mentioned, we had that ni- nice little visual clue earlier with that pamphlet about the lost veneer yes. on the desk in Sherlock's flat. It's interesting, this character, the Golem, is based on a character from one of the original Sherlock, well, I say original, but one of the Sherlock movies from the 40s. Um, Movie called... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, all right, girls, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a a nice book. There's another nice exchange coming up here in a bit. But um, in the movie, The Pearl of Death from 44, there is a similar... Assassin. The the Hoxton Creeper, played by Rondo Hatton. Right. And of course, with Mark Gatiss being such a horror fan, it's not mm-hmm. surprising that we have this sort of slightly ghoulish character about to turn up mm-hmm. later, uh, played by John Libar, who we'll see. Seven foot three inches tall. I'm sure they kept him under the sink. I didn't pick up much from this corpse. And the most likely explanation is fate. <laughs> Happy New Year. Poor <laughs> <laughs> sod. <laughs> And uh, more on John Labar, even though we will have yet to yeah. see him on screen yet. Yeah. Uh, he's been in uh, Lex. Uh, if anybody remembers that uh, sci-fi series. Yeah. Uh, as the mummy, Draco. Uh, been in The Sick House, uh, Crooked House, uh, from back in 2008. And The League of Gentlemen as the Irish Giant. Ooh. So he's played several monstrous type characters. Yes. Well, that sort of height, you're you're slightly limited, aren't you? I wonder who got him a job in this. I wonder who would have thought, you know, we're looking for a giant. Oh, I know someone. I don't know. Probably nobody. Nobody we know. Nobody that's famous, right? No. (laughs) Yes, League of Gentlemen, Mark Gettys. (laughs) Which I've never seen yet. But it is on Netflix, so. And this character here that Sherlock recruited there to find information, it's 
sort of a, uh, it harkens back to the Baker Street Irregulars, the mm-hmm. spies that Sherlock had around yes. London. His own network of informants. Yes. Again, uh, we, 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 I mean, we had that last, uh, the last episode too, where his expert or his uh, uh, person on this, you know, uh, who could get him information, you know, isn't somebody, uh, you know, in the police or a private detective. No, it's some street urchin. And again, God, oh, sorry. I believe if I'm if I'm not wrong, it was um, uh, Jenny Spark. Who has uh, been in Test of the Durbervilles as uh, Mercy Chant, uh, Wallander as Linda Wallander, was in Hattie as Joan Mellon, oh. which I've yet to watch, sorry Dave, and uh, currently in post-production, uh, Red Lights as Tracy Northup. I was about to say though that um, we've fairly moved along again with this, haven't we? We've, oh yes, we've been Already on the move. Fifty-eight minutes uh, into it. Not much for one through, Vern. Bit suspicious, that. Huh? Mm. Now watch, uh, watch um, his hands in a minute, because she gets that, and I think he records a message behind his back. Yeah, but, but I think when she did that, he had his own phone open. Oh, he's uh, perhaps getting out of his pocket again. I thought he was recording what she was saying. Right. Yeah, definitely different text. Unfortunately, I have no idea who the uh, landlady was. No. Again, it's I mean, a matter of catching names and... Uh, yes, uh, there was... We had a problem last week with the name, so uh, we'll get to that at the end, though. Yeah. Well, again, here with the the lady who um, is at the gallery. Here, this lady. And again, we have Sherlock in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I think his nice beard might have helped there. Yes, which is uh, uh, Hayden Gwynn. It's Miss Westlessless. She's been in the Midsummer Murders, in Dark Secrets, and The Ghosts of Christmas Past. New right. tricks. Casualty? No. Getting there, getting there. Okay. Sure she has. <laughs> Mersey Beat, Peak Practice. Let's talk to Joanna Graham. We're getting nearer. Drop Dead Donkey. Drop the Dead Donkey, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Time Riders. Oh, she's also in Lovejoy in two episodes. You still love that show. Another good uh, kind of detective-y type show, Lovejoy. Yeah. 
course, with the actor who was in uh, played in Deadwood, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. It's funny not having seen him in something like that way before he was ever kind of popular with Hollywood. She's also in Rome. And Inspector Lewis. Um, Chris Tilley's um, ING UK uh, review called Sherlock Brief but Brilliant and The Great Game, the episode we're now watching, specifically gripping from start to finish, gave the episode 9.5 out of 10 which ranks in his regard as amazing. John Tetty, writing for the AV Club, called the episode an extraordinarily dense 90 minutes. Well, it's making me feel a bit dense, but <laughs> that's a different subject. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I didn't catch her name, unfortunately. No. But of course, uh, the man she's referring to, Westy, who we haven't really seen an awful lot of, uh, is played by San Sheila, who's been in quite a number of things, including Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men's Chest, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Casualty, <laughs> Drink, Drink, Yes. Ooh. Oh, do you make? He's well drinking there. <laughs> Well, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Guinness mode, as I said, not wine yes. tonight. Yes. I'm in touch with me common man. Right. But of course, since since Sherlock, I've uh, been in living with uh, the infidels, which has just been completed. Um, and in post-production right now, the great ghost rescue. Yeah. Ooh. Spare change, sir. Now, you see, that's in her handwriting, so they put the text on mm. screen in her handwriting. That's rather good. Yeah. I had read somewhere, I think, uh, last episode, um, that there was a certain font attributed to the stuff that was on screen. I don't think that's uh, necessarily correct. I think, we, like you guys have said, there's a, a difference between uh, when they're looking at something on a screen or... Um, He's noticing a clue, yeah. or when somebody's got something handwritten. <laughs> now, you know that scene there where we see all the stars? <laughs> you know what I was thinking of, wasn't you? Yeah. Ashes to ashes. Yep, because <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Uh, without spoiling ashes to ashes, the, the three main thing, characters, uh, the detect sorry, not the main ones, the, the main group around them go mm. out at night and suddenly notice how bright the stars are. Yeah. <laughs> definitely saw that and there we go we had a reference there to his eyes and ears throughout the city the Baker uh -huh. Street Irregulars mm -hmm. well that young lady that he tipped off out the river and, and handed him Matt she's sort of one of his snitches or whatever they call yes and the, 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 I guess the sad thing about this is this is probably very 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 true there are probably uh, people living under the streets of London now, 
Yeah, you think, is, is this a giant rat from uh, Talons of Wai Chiang? You know, it's... Oh, he's got from the Ministry of Silly Walks, but never mind. It's quite good. Yes. My, that's a rather tall and slender man. <laughs> I was waiting for your reference. I thought it was going to come earlier, but... <laughs> I was waiting until we saw him on screen. Mm. And just to remind us, that's the actor John Libar we were talking about earlier. Yes. I do love the fact that every now and then there's this lovely little bit where, you know, Watson gets it right. And this music in the background is Holst. Uh, the the planet's sweet, isn't it? I think we're on Mars at the moment. Oh, you're missing the point. Yes, you're missing, you're the, missing voiceover. the point. What? The voiceover, voiceover. damn it. Oh, sorry. It's lovely music. Listen to the voiceover. And there we have the center of this web of connections. Yes. Peter Davison. <laughs> <laughs> Which is rather nice that he's narrating a this about space. Yes. The solar system. <laughs> and I believe that's Professor Cairns we're seeing getting off <laughs> on the screen there. Uh, who was being played by uh, Lynn Fairley. Yeah. I've been uh, in quite a number of things. Uh, Miss Potter, uh, Fairy Tale, A True Story, Three and the Two Won't Go, at Watership Down. Uh, of course, she's also been in The Bill, Midsummer Murders, uh, Heartbeat, Bad Girls, Peak Practice, Wycliffe, Inspector Morse, Pride and Prejudice as Mrs. Phillips. Castles as Christine Henshaw. I mean, this must be Mark Gatiss having real fun doing this bit. I mean, we all know from his History of Horror uh, series that we, we covered on an earlier uh, Cultum thing. He just loves this sort of stuff. Right. A homage to uh, Hitchcock and all those other things. Mm. And also, uh, her first credit on the Internet Movie Database, uh, back to Lynn Fairley, of course, yeah. is uh, Zed Cars. Ah. Yes, as Anne uh, Fezzer Carley, if I'm saying that right. So, yes. Quite that nice guy is tall. Really tall. Yes. Seven foot three. <laughs> Look at me gets mad. You want more? Want more? It's a large necklace. <laughs> They want, he wants proof. <laughs> the evidence. Ten. Blimey. Uh, oh. Oh. 
it's interesting that it's a you know it's an astronomy clue that solves it considering this discussion as to what sherlock remembers early yes. on yeah. and of course you think back to the previous scene the narrative going on in the background <laughs> it explicitly mentioned the supernova yes. yeah. by peter davison <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mycroft's still waiting. A <laughs> 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 funny name they pay for that. It's Wenceslas. It sounds like a James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> Senor on the top, on the top, on the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't turn dishonest for 30 million yeah well <laughs> I don't know pay for me new monitor anyway of course I have missed um, a few people in this uh, episode unfortunately I'll make mention of them at the end well it seems fair I'm a lot more thorough sorry folks <laughs> That's why he's not drinking much tonight. It's become my game. See so if I can identify and, and tell you about everybody who's in the show that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Including John Sessions, who I'm sure a lot of you are going, duh. No real contacts. The finger marks of a certain person. She looks become very, very upright and attentive. It's almost as if he knows what the name is before he yeah. even asks. He just wants confirmation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she says it with such an accent you hardly catch it. Yeah. <laughs> Self-satisfied little smile, maybe? It is, it is. It is very much that. It's it's like he knows. Because, I mean, if we think back to the first episode, he says, your fan, your greatest fan. Who else would test someone other than the greatest fan? You know, you want your fan to, you know, as a fan, you want your the person you adore to perform for you. Yeah, uh, just checking here while we're waiting there. This uh, uh, TV review of Sherlock from theguardian.co.uk. Sherlock has been smart, exciting, and just the right level of confusing. I want more. <laughs> sounds like a quote from Mike. In fact, it sounds like a Carba, uh, was it? Zaban.com quote that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I said, of course, it's been shunted forward 120 years or so. 
um, uh, the the B plans concern a new missile defence system. The pips are not the sort that one may, day, one day may turn into an orange tree, but it's the kind you get on the speaking clock. It may sound like a big dog's dinner, but no, it has been beautifully borrowed and remixed, a mashup that totally works. It's edge of the seat ride, uh, Conan Doyle for the CSI generation. Exactly. I think that kind of covers everything that we've said up until now in, in each one of these commentaries. Yeah. The, the, the essential things that are necessary for Sherlock Holmes to work now um, have been put in, uh, but so much of what makes Sherlock Holmes Sherlock Holmes has been included. Yeah. And of course, as you quoted there, that also brought in the CSI reference, mm. which of course is the huge craze nowadays on network right. television here in exactly. the States. Um, the tube guard that we saw just a little bit earlier, and of course uh, towards the beginning as well, um, was played by Kamel uh, Sylvester, uh, who is currently in EastEnders as uh, as Michael. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry, as, as Market Inspector was previously in there as Michael. Well, you're doing sterling work today, sir. Thank you very much. He has also been in Casualty. <laughs> oh, I was just about to drink. Now I have two drinks. As PC uh, Robert Sager, uh, DC Clapton, and Detective uh, uh, Detective Clapton. Oops. Yeah. I thought you were going to say PC Andy from Torchwood then for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I Is finally it... just pieced together those two bits of the puzzle that we see. So, there's so many clips here that are used in the opening sequence. And it also makes sense, considering this was the first episode actually produced. Oh, indeed. So, piecing those two bits together. You're about to say something again. Uh, no, no. no. Okay. Nothing important <laughs> anyway, I'm sure it wasn't. Serious people. That's very understated, but you basically know they're going to break his arms and legs if he doesn't pay up. Unfortunately, I don't know his, this gentleman's name. I think it also has to do with the wallpaper and the curtains. <laughs> that design. <laughs> no, I don't know the actor's name. I'm sorry. Quite a big cast when you think about it. Yes, it is. It's been quite a, quite a chore. Yeah, I mean, on the wiki page, there are only actually six actors... Uh, listed. Um, Ian must have given us another ten at least. Yes, uh, there is quite a lot actually in this episode. He's. Oh. Uh. Good, nice fade again. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, Mike, you're you're our literary expert. The the way we're going to see him um, be inventive in the moment with the window, that definitely is from one of the stories, isn't it? Well, it's just the whole style of uh, Sherlock. It goes you, back you, to what, how what we described in the first episode when they were running around chasing down the taxi cab. Yeah, but you mentioned like this was. Uh, an amalgam of a couple of stories, but uh, oh, 
We don't know specifically which one where there, there's definitely one where a body's is put on the top of a train. I'm sure that's been used in uh, Sherlock. At some point, I'm pretty sure at some point that was. I think it's because quite a know, common. Uh... Look at the the mode of transportation. It's. Right. I think know. in the in the in the Sherlock story, it, I think it was above a an opium house or something, and. Uh, they used to drop anybody who died in the opium house, uh, so the police didn't raid them. They'd they'd do that to them. I do believe that's Doug Allen, who is uh, uh, playing Joe. Uh, he's been in Law and Order UK in the episode Love and Loss, the series Five Days. Uh, William and Mary, the Inspector Lindley Mysteries. Uh, he was in uh, EastEnders for uh, at least 43 episodes as Nathan uh, from back in uh, 2002. He was in Band of Brothers, the miniseries. I knew he as, had a television in the apartment. As Sergeant Alton Just a Moore. small one. Ah. Yes, uh, it, it is, it's, it is it's, interesting it's, the fact that it's in there and we've yet to see only now are we seeing it. Yeah, yeah I'm just checking here and the in the, it's the actually the adventure of the Bruce Partington plans. Uh, it seems clear now that the uh, the the Cudigan West body was laid on the train roof. And this is the um, one of the Sherlock Holmes things. So that uh-huh. is directly from that Bruce Partington plans adventure. Excellent. Well researched, sir. Beans, then? <laughs> yes, I'm getting close, folks. There's only a couple of links un, un, uh, unclicked here. Yeah, it says here, as I said, um, uh, it's clear he fell off the train. How did he meet his end? He was thrown off a train, uh, past the stop where he presumably would have gone. Uh, if he'd have made an appointment with a foreign agent to sell the plans, he would not have kept his evening free. How did he get onto the underground without a ticket? Did someone take it? His head was crushed, and yet there was very little bleeding by the track where he was found. So that uh, is, is directly, I won't say the word lifted, but... Um, borrowed. Mirrored. <laughs> yes, and here we go. The, the, the interesting thing is this, this, I guess this scene, more than anything in... The, the whole series is, has created the most stir down yeah. basically to the actor uh, and the, the portrayal of Moriarty um, it's, while most things have been very very well received about this um, the section has come under the most scrutiny yeah and I think rightly so because there's a few issues with it. And by the way, uh, right at the beginning, I said I was wearing my water wings. Well, this is the reason why I was wearing them. Yes. And it's interesting that this is set at a pool. And considering what happens here, it's the Reichenbeck Falls scene. Yes. Lifted straight from the adventure of the final problem. Well, I'm not too sure about that in one sense, because... Well, it's not... It's kind of... it's not verbatim. Well, well, what I mean is in the uh, series 2 of Sherlock Holmes they're going to draw on that episode. Yeah, but this is basically the Reichenbeck Falls. Right. But But the water in the pool just makes a nice parallel. 
I'm not sure whether we should watch it and point out what reservations we have as we watch it and whether we should watch it, comment on it and then talk about our reservations. Well, not yours, Ian's, but my combines. You just had to go to the shop, didn't you, Watson? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the voice, I didn't like the voice straight off. I have to comment on that. Although, I, I, I guess I do wonder, what were you expecting? Well, it's it's the false modulation he uses. I don't mind him having an accent, but he seems to be all over the place. It's sort of... Um... Uh, and it's Andrew Scott, of course, playing this yes. part. Right. And it, it's interesting that, you know, we met him earlier in this episode, but so much has happened between those two scenes that you, you kind of forget, was that in this episode? Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> and the lovely thing is, is unlike so many uh, TV shows, so many um, so many detective shows, is they don't do a flashback. Mm. They don't mm. show you. They they just rely on you to go, really? He was? And then later on, if you choose to rewind and watch it, uh, it does rely a lot on technology of the day, too. Um, now we have the ability to rewind. Um, it's available online. It's available and if you DVR'd it, uh, you know, if you've you know, videotaped it, recorded it on a, 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 a CD, you can go back and look. And you do realise that, yes, it is. Now, you've already mentioned about what else this guy's been in, haven't you? Yes. With the foils worn, lead and naked and so on. Quite a yes. Now, here, look at the amount of explosives in a moment. How much, like, right, how much explosives he's got on him. Right. Moriarty has based the whole thing and that of keeping, you know, at a distance from the actual accent, there would be an explosion radius, radius of about 30 metres around. Uh... Right. Okay. Playing into... <laughs> See, playing into, into what you're saying, here's a question for you. What else is on Watson? The, the gun. But the Who's gun... Holding... Who's holding the gun? Yeah, but uh, th I've got another issue with that in a minute because we see about blooming ten of those in a minute. Right, just... but I mean, if what you guys say that he might not actually be Moriarty, mm. who's holding the gun? I mean, why would he put himself in that danger? Even if he thinks he's clever enough to um, work it out. Yeah, I'm still of the mind that the this Moriarty, is a stooge. Quote, I think it's a stooge. Is a henchman, right? It. 
I don't think the real Moriarty would reveal himself that way. Time will tell, of course. Uh, mm. Like I said, Series 2 is uh, underway. The series is afoot. Oh, I, I agree that they had to end this on a cliffhanger. Oh, and, yes. And that's probably compromised for me, this scene, because they had to basically, for me, make awkward decisions. That you, well, anyway, let, let's see how it pans out and, and mention them as they occur. Because right. we've been very... Uh, sycophantic in our praise and oh yes uh, we have so if there's something that we feel see i think he's off the wall enough to but it will be moriarty whether or not um, he actually is moriarty he's he, the way he, the, that actor is playing the role is very chilling right very well done i mean moriarty really has to be especially in this modern age when you think about it these characters have all been brought up into a modern age portrayal Mm-hmm. regardless of their roots in the classic story. And really, when you bring Moriarty into the present day, what does he have to be? Oh, he has to yeah. be a psychopath. He has, he has he to be has, a psychopath. He has to be a terrorist. He has to be this, this the same level genius as Sherlock, but the opposite goal. Right. He has to be a gun for hire. He has to mm-hmm. be the the opposite problem solver. Yeah, but the thing is, this one. I think I think I could have taken his interpretation and gone with it. I think I could have have taken some of the risk taking, but the two together. Now there, that that's mistake. Second, why did Sherlock throw that along the thingy? Anybody with any ounce of intelligence would have thrown it into the water. That's what I would have done, and that's why I wondered why didn't he. Because it's needed for the cliffhanger. But mm-hmm. the point is, that is stupid. Somebody of Sherlock's sense, all the things we've seen up to now, the water is the only place to throw those explosives. Mm-hmm. Because even though it would splatter everybody with water, you wouldn't be splattered with pieces of concrete. <laughs> and if you look, there are still wires under his shirt. Yes. Well, that no, no, that that what that that's the wire to giving him the instructions, the hearing aid. Oh, right, right, okay. Now we've got about four on it. Just count the red right. lights in a moment. And remember, one red light, one gun. There are four lights. There's more than that. There's three on him. <laughs> I was making a joke. Yeah, four or five on him. And if they are indeed in the guns. Now again, why does he lower? Why why lower the gun? The only reason he he's can pointing lower it the at gun, the explosive. Yeah, I know, but yeah. why? The only reason I can figure for that is he assumes that must be dummy explosives. He must think that Moriarty no. wouldn't go near to those explosives unless they were dummy ones. That's why he's pointed it, to prove that it's dummy explosives. And there we go, the cliffhanger that we've had yes. <laughs> to go over for the past year, <laughs> practically. My my look at that, that final scene is that you can point the gun at somebody and go, okay, um, I'll kill you. And then there's, of course, this whole standoff point of view of, 
well, no, my guys will kill you before you can kill me. Right. But if he shoots at the explosive, he kills everybody. It's a it's a greater target, um, where everybody dies, nobody wins. Um, greater chance of actually. But again, yeah, that reinforces what I said too. earlier. Why would Boreati come that near to the explosives? Because it's Sherlock Holmes. Well, let's hear what Mike thinks. Why? Why you thought it was a bit mismatched that scene? I think it would that would have been too simple a solution for for the for the for this story. Moriarty, I don't think Moriarty would do, would settle for something that simple, that simple of an of an approach of a revelation. Uh, he's the exact opposite of of Sherlock. He wants something complex and challenging, and he would probably send out a, a hint, one of his henchmen to un, to pretend to be him, to go under under disguise to do this whole confrontation. It's it's the simplicity of it that that gets me that makes me think it's not Moriarty that he's the Moriarty's controlling still controlling things but from a distance. Well, I, we I think that, see uh, the real Moriarty. I think as well is that there's very much a fifty-fifty situation there as whether Sherlock would think that his sacrifice of his own life would be worth to get rid of this person from the world. Right. And I don't think Moriarty would take a fifty-fifty chance. He might take a fifty-to-one chance. But not a fifty to fifty chance, right? Mm. See, I mean, I don't know whether it's just I'm I'm fine with the portrayal that uh, that uh, has been given to Moriarty. Um, I I do see merit in what you guys are saying. Uh, I'm just thinking of along modern day lines. We want to see the confrontation between the good guy and the bad guy, uh, the ultimate challenge, the face off, and that's what we get at the end of this, and it comes to a cliffhanger. Um, Right. And as I also just tend to kind of think down at times to that of a casual viewer, when this series comes back, are people going to be thinking about, you know, was that the real Moriarty or not? I think the fans are going to be thinking that. I don't think that the average viewer is going to be going and following along with it. It's been, uh, what, a year, year and a half since uh, this aired I, I I do wonder whether you know a casual viewer will follow along to a change in Moriarty's. Oh, that wasn't Moriarty. That was. Um... Well, well, let's just go back one minute. First of all, let's just go back to that lady who was the. Uh, now we found out her name now, haven't we? The, the woman who was in charge of the circus. The uh, the yes. woman. Um... Uh, the reason the reason we had the problem was uh, she was actually. Um, Credited as the opera singer, even though she, I don't think she actually even sang in the episode. Um, and uh, Dave, talk while I bring up the Coltum Collective right. page at www.coltum.com. Right. This was the lady who um, was the uh, the person that was in the tunnel later and was going to threaten to kill what, what she thought Watson. was, what, well, no, she didn't think it was Watson, yeah. she thought it was Holmes, she thought she was going to kill Holmes's girlfriend to make a talk at the at the the China, and right towards the end we see her talking to the laptop, saying that, you know, I won't reveal, Mori I won't reveal who you are, and then the red spot comes on her forehead, and basically Moriarty says, well, I'm not going to give you the chance. Now, if he's going to be so careful not to have his, his uh, existence and any link to him made, why on earth would he such, take such a big risk, not only to confront Sherlock Holmes and remember the two of them, but to become within 
you know, blasting distance of uh, the, um, the that explosive. Never mind the fact that it has hit in there. Holmes could easily have taken on a moral high ground. The attitude is, uh, you know, let's we'll take us all out and we'll do the world a service. Right. And don't forget that um, Moriarty also took out that one woman when she started to describe him. That's right. true. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to, to to tie in with that, uh, the reason why we bring up General Shan as well, who is played by Sarah Lamb. Uh, thank you to Matt Anderson. Uh, who posted on the Cultum Collective podcast page, uh, um, Facebook blog? No, the blog page oh, okay. uh, at Uh If you look under the the, the link for the uh, the entry for the blind banker, uh, you'll see Matt's comment there. Uh, General Shannon was played by Sarah Lamb and was listed by as opera singer in the credits. Uh, since she doesn't sing, even as her guise as the circus ringmaster, I have no idea why she is listed this way. Thank you very much, Matt, for doing the legwork for us. Uh, Indeed. We very, very much appreciate that. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for that. That is really great. And uh, doing my uh, due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> the wise, for me the wise can do due diligence. There you go. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, before being in Sherlock, uh, she was in uh, 2000 Acres of Sky as Ida uh, Macassett. Uh, she was in The Bill. She was in Inspector Morse back in 1998. Uh, Life Force in 2000 as Sally Chung. And guess what? In 2004, she was in Holby City as Joan Wells, and in 2010, she was in Casualty as Lang Tishung. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> well played, well played. And, and that's the lovely thing about it. It goes Holby City, Casualty, then Sherlock. And that, You've got to love that. It just coincided with me just finishing off my last drop of Guinness as well, so excellent. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the needs of the episode to end on a cliffhanger slightly uh, made that not work. I mean, that's the only scene really where I felt as that I couldn't go along with the way they'd done it. I, I, I mean, Mike, well, he said it straight off, didn't he? You would throw that into the water. I mean, if you want a a poolside confrontation, look no further than school reunion. Uh, David Tennant and um, the chap from Buffy. Um, Anthony Stewart Head. Anthony Stewart Head. Now there's a confrontation. Mm. You see, the, my reasoning here is if you look back at the study in Pink, uh, where Sherlock goes off to meet the guy, he tracks down the murderer and meets him and confronts him face to face. If Moriarty is the mirror, why wouldn't he be there? That's all I really have to say on that. Is I I think that's Moriarty. I think the reason and 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 not an insult to you guys. I think I don't think you like guys like the portrayal of Moriarty in this. I think that's why you're thinking it's not him. Well, I could well, live with I could live with one and but not the other. If 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 it had portrayed it like that but kept at arm's length, I would have believed it. Right. Uh, if it had a different portrayal. Uh, and there was some other explanation. But I just can't believe, after all that we've seen, that he would c 
come up so up close and personal with the only explanation for me is either it isn't Moriarty or those explosives are fake ones and that's the reason why Sherlock points the gun at the ground to prove that he's figured it out that they are fake explosives and if they are fake explosive that's it's sort of a callback to the end of towards the end of a study in pink where Sherlock insists that the cabbie shoot shoot him with the gun because he knows that it's a it's it's a lighter and not a real gun. Yeah, good point. Well done. I suppose we should wrap up really, but um, we hope to be back for series two with some of the um, commentaries in between. But yes, um, but yeah, um, you'll hear uh, more from us course once that comes back and we'll see what the resolution is we'll see who in this room is right whose <laughs> instincts were right is that really moriarty is it not is it some guy from the west end no. is this a commentary or not <laughs> yes it's some yes. guy from casualty uh but like i said this is yes <laughs> casualty i love that thank you yeah zarban use that one <laughs> it's some guy from casualty yes uh Join us next time, of course, uh, when we pick up the threads of this in our next Sherlock commentary. But, of course, next week, uh, we're all out of Sherlock for the moment until Stephen Moffat uh, gets off his butt and makes more. Right, damn you, right. Listen to your wife. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, next week, we'll be back with Doctor Who. And uh, we'll be talking all over the top of... Partners in Crime, one of my favourite episodes. Donna it's, Noble. Yes, Donna Noble. I love Donna Noble. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, yes. and we're going to make it really difficult for our listeners. We're going to mime the first half through a window. <laughs> but until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Flanders. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.